We will be learning Lakuta Sikha's Chelik Chavdalid, the first Sikha on Parshas Kisavo. And in this Sikha, we will gain an understanding of exactly what is the unique quality of every single Yid. What does it mean that Hashem set us aside to be His, to be His treasure? What does this have to do with Rosh Hashanah? What does this have to do with Chayelo? What does this have to do with the coming of Mashiach? And we will be learning this from the Rebbe's analysis of the Rashi, or of two Rashis, early on in our Parsha. Parsha's Kisavo is the Parsha which begins with the laws of Bikurim and speaks also about laws of Miser. But early on in the Parsha, after we learn about the laws of Bikurim, and we come to Eretz Yisrael, we learn the following. In the Psukim it says that Hashem, Moshe is talking to the Jewish people towards the end of his life, and he says, Hashem has commanded you to do the laws, all the different laws, to do them with your whole heart and your whole soul, and then it goes on to the next postage, which says, which will appear in our discussion, as Hashem ha'marta hayom. Today you have distinguished Hashem. You have set Hashem aside to be your king, to follow his ways, to keep his laws, and to listen to his voice. The following postage says, and Hashem has distinguished you or set you aside for him, to be for him, and amsegula. And amsegula means a beloved, treasured nation. The way he has spo- he had spoken to you, and to keep all his mitzvot. And the next pasuk continues, and to make you higher, to give you superiority above all the peoples of the world that Hashem made, and that you will be with tehillah for praiseworthiness, l'shem for a great name, l'tiferes for glory, and your very being, and Am Kadosh, a holy nation, La Hashem Elokecha, to God your God, Kasher Diber, which Hashem spoke. So, on these psukim, we're going, Rashi, the Rebbe is going to stop on the two Rashis that appear on the psukim here. The first one being in the second psukim we read, that Hashem has set you aside for him today to be for him a beloved nation I'm sorry that's in the next puzzle excuse me sorry it says in the first puzzle you have set Hashem aside to be a God for you and in the next puzzle it says and Hashem has distinguished you and put you aside to be for him La'am Sugula a beloved nation the way he had spoken to you and to keep his mitzvot so Rashi stops on the words and Hashem has distinguished you today to be for him a beloved nation the way he had spoken. So Rashi stops on the words, the way he, when he has spoken to you or how he has spoken to you. And Rashi explains, where did Hashem speak to us about being a beloved nation? In the words, which appear at the story of preparation for Matan Torah when the Jewish people come to Har Sinai after they leave Mitzrayim on Rosh Chodesh of the first month, Rosh, of the third month, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and there Hashem says, you will be for me a beloved nation. So Rashi says, this is what it's referring to, and in this postage it says, you should be a beloved nation for Hashem the way He had spoken to you. The next postage continues and says, you will be made higher than all the people and will be a for a great name and great praise and then it says the am kadosh and to be or your being a holy nation the way Hashem has spoken so here too Rashi explains the way Hashem has spoken this is referring not to what Hashem had said at another time at Matan Torah but what Hashem had said to the Yidden in Chumash Vayikra, at the end of Parsha's Kedoshim, a Parsha which begins with the exhortation to be Kadosh, that every single year has to be holy and distinct and has to work at this. And that Parsha, next to the last Pesach there, says, the Yisemli Kedoshim, you should be for me holy. So it's referring to that. 
So these are two separate Rashi's. One is about from where do we know that we are an Am Segula, the other one is about from where do we know that we are an Am Kadosh. However, it's very interesting that in the first postal it says Kasher di Berloch, you will be for me an Am Segula, the, the, you will be for Hashem an Am Segula, the way Hashem has spoken to you, and Rashi stops on the word Kasher di Berloch, the way he has spoken to you, and says, where was that? That was by Parsha Sistra, where it says, you should be for me, beloved. And on the next puzzle, when it says, you should be a holy nation to your God, and Rashi says, this is in Parsha's Kedoshim, Rashi doesn't, Rashi brings over here, not only where it was said, but Rashi quotes from the puzzle, what was said, you should be a holy nation. So the Rebbe asks, why in the first puzzle does Rashi only bring the words kasher di berloch, the way he has spoken to you, and doesn't bring what Hashem said, because that's clearly written in the puzzle. And in the second puzzle, Rashi also says where it has been said, but he also brings down the words, v'ilios ham kodosh, and you should be a holy nation. So why doesn't Rashi bring in the first puzzle also what Hashem said? And why does he make a difference between the first and the second posuk by one saying what was said and saying where it's said, and by the other only bringing down and saying what was said but not stopping on the words of what was being said. This is really the nucleus around which the whole discussion and the sicha will revolve. Then Rashi says, when Rashi says, what does it mean to be for me a holy nation? Rashi says that this is from Parshas Kedoshim. But if we go to Parshas Yisro, over there we will find that when Rashi explains what this beloved nation is, be be for me a beloved nation, Rashi there continues and says, another posuk that appears, that you should be to me after the Torah says in Parshas Yisro you should be for me a beloved nation it also says you should be for me a kingdom of Kohanim of priests seemingly and a holy nation or a kingdom of noble people and a holy nation so why over there Rashi Rashi says the way he spoke in the second posuk over here, that being a holy nation means not what Rashi refers to in Parshas Yisro, that you will be a beloved nation and a nation of nobility, and you will be beloved, and all these things come together, like many of the commentaries say. And here Rashi specifically brings that the Kedusha that's being talked about here is not the Kedusha that is being referred to in the very place in Parshas Yisra prior to Matan Torah where the Yidna are being told that they are going to be an Amzgula and an Am Kadosh. And if we go look back on the words Vatem Tiyu Mamlechus Kohanim in Parshas Yisro, where it says you will be for me a nation of Kohanim, Rashi says, Sarim, Sarim doesn't mean priests, like those who serve in the base Amikdash. That applies only to Kohanim, but it means people of nobility, very, very special, lordly kind of people. So it would seem that if we follow that and we compare the Psukim here that tell us that we will be that we are Hashem's beloved nation and we are Hashem's holy nation really seem to fit in very well with all the details that are written in Parshas Yisro. Whether it's Amzgula or it's Amkadosh or it's Sarim or noble people. Why then does Rashi bring something from another Chumash from a completely different connection? And if you want to see how it fits, the Rebbe actually brings it and says quite clearly over here that all the details in the psukim that we have over here, we could read them again just to make sure we all have them straight. So it says over here, Hashem set you aside to be an amsegula, to keep his mitzvos, to be elyon above all the people, and to be holy. And here we see, like many of the commentaries say, and the Rebbe brings it over here, 
uh, that everything in this pasuk, the way Hashem spoke, refers to what was said in Parshas Yisro. It says in Parshas Yisro, you should be an Amsegula, and here it says the Yisem Lisgula. Sorry, it says in Parshas Yisro that you will be a nation of kings, and here a, a, a nation that is beloved. And here it says you will be for Hashem a beloved nation, so it fits very well. And here it says, you will be Elyon above all others. And in Parshat Yisro, it says, You will certainly be above, you will be certain, you will be nobility, you will be of a higher stature. And when it says over here, you will be a holy nation. It says over there, you will be a Goy Kadosh. So this way, everything that's being reviewed by Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of his life in Chumash Devarim, in this context, fits exactly with what was said in Parshas Yisro prior to Matan Torah, when we prepare for Matan Torah after we, after we arrive at Har Sinai. So why does Rashi here say something else regarding Goy Kodosh? It will be a holy nation. And why does Rashi say Kasher Diber referring to what's written in Parshas Kedoshim? So we could maybe say that Goy Kodosh, when it says, when Rashi says it means it should be an Am Kodosh the way Hashem spoke, and that would seem to follow what's written earlier, that you will be an Amzgula and you will be a holy nation. But here we have two references to what Hashem had spoken. One is the reference in the first Pasuk, that you will be for Hashem and Amzgula the way he had spoken. That was in the first pasuk we mentioned where this theme comes up. And the next pasuk it says Leos Ham Kadosh and it says Kasher Diber again. So maybe the Kasher Diber of one pasuk is not the same as the Kasher Diber of the other pasuk. Whereas when we look in Yisro, it's all one continuous process. You will be a beloved nation. You will you will be a holy nation. And maybe that's why we separate it. But if that's the case, but also we have a separation in our parsha between the fact that you will be beloved and you will be holy because also in, in between that it says Belishmar called this also. So maybe it's two separate things. And therefore Rashi is saying that the Kedusha here is not the Kedusha that's alluded to in Parsha's Israel, but it's something of a different nature. And it would also help us to understand better what's written in Parshas Yisrael. Another thing we have to understand, that the Pasuk from Vayikra, Parshas Kedoshim, that Rashi brings, is not the first time in Parshas Kedoshim that we are told to be a holy nation. Because Parshas Kedoshim actually begins with the word that Hashem said to Moshe, to tell the Yidden, Kedoshim to you, be holy. And that is an injunction that Jewish people have to be holy and we have to learn what that means. And even before that, before we even get to Parshas Kedoshim, we have another pasuk in Parshas Shmini, earlier, much earlier on, in the third parsha of Chumash Vayikra, where we are told towards the end of the discussion of the laws of Kashrus, the laws of foods which we may and may not eat, there we learn that we have to, the conclusion over there is the Hiskadishtam, I'm sorry, in Parshish means yeah, Vizkadisha, make yourselves holy. So you will be holy at the end of Parshashmini. So why does Rashi bring the later Pasuk when we already are told twice that we have to be holy? Um, in in Parshas Kedoshim itself, and we are told also earlier on in the Chumash. So why does Rashi bring the last posuk and not the earlier ones? Now, perhaps we could say, but the Rebbe says this is not really going to be an acceptable answer, because in our parsha the wording of being holy is the am kadosh Not only be holy, that will be a holy nation, or not only kadoshim tiyu be holy, or not only veiskadishdem in parshas. Ashmini, make yourselves holy so you will be holy. But here it adds the words in the Pasuk, Hashem Elokecha. It's not only telling us to be holy, but it's telling us where that holiness 
that we will become is to be directed, is for the sake of Hashem. And perhaps that's why Rashi also brings the Pasuk here, the Yisem Likadoshim in our parsha, in the second Rashi, when we want to know where does it say we should be Kadosh earlier, Rashi says in Parsha's Kadoshim, at the end of Vayikra, so there it says Li Tami, so perhaps the Li over here relates to the Li in Parsha's Kadoshim, emphasizing to me. Perhaps that could be it. But in order, but perhaps not, because this also, Rashi quotes the words, if we look at the, when Rashi explains something, we don't only have to study the explanation, we have to pay meticulous attention to the phrase or the word of the puzzle that Rashi stops at. So, when it says in the first puzzle that, that Hashem wants you, is making you a beloved nation, the way he has spoken to you, Rashi clearly brings, where did Hashem speak this? The Yisam Lizgula by Matan Torah. When Hashem gave the Torah, he told us we'll be a beloved nation. But when it says that we should be a holy nation, Rashi doesn't just bring Kasher Diber and say where he spoke it. He also brings down the word, you should be a holy nation. He doesn't specifically say to your God. And then he says Kasher Diber, the way Hashem spoke. So obviously, the Kasher Diber here is emphasizing not the Lahashem Lokecha. So if we want to say that here it says Lahashem Lokecha and there it says Li, both of them meaning the direction where our Kedusha is uh, pointing at, that's not really what it is according to the Rebbe's explanation of the Pshat. Also, it should have said the way it says in the earlier parsha, one after the other, and here it's not that way. When it says Veliyoscha Am Kadosh, and it's in the Posuk, as we learned at the end of Parsha's Kedoshim, towards the end of the Parsha. And it comes after, in our Pesukim here, the words, you will be beloved and you will keep the mitzvot. And then it goes on to say you will be uh, holy. So obviously when it says keep the mitzvot and you will be holy on Tashem Elokecha, so it's referring to the fact that Jews become holy because they are fulfilling what Hashem wants them to do. Hashem it wants us to be a beloved nation. He also wants us to do mitzvot, and through the mitzvot we will become a holy nation. And this is quite a little bit different from what's alluded to in the original mention of the words that we should be that we will be a beloved nation and we will also be a holy nation, because we're really talking about two different things. One of them is a quality, a description of what Hashem considers a yid to be, beloved, distinct, kadosh. It's something he gives us, a uniqueness, and it makes us beloved. But when it says there is the kedusha that comes from keeping mitzvot, that's not, a, that's not a, an adjective describing us. In essence, it is rather describing us what happens to us when we fulfill what Hashem wants. And therefore, we cannot say that Leoscha am Kadosh, Kasher Diber, that we have over here, it refers to the Goy Kadosh that's written in Parshas Yisro, because there the Kedusha comes as a result or in tandem with being for me a Segula. And here it's coming in connection, as we see in the Pasuk, but it's something different. So what is different about it? What is it? What is the difference between and you should be a holy nation to me, you should be a holy nation, and you should be, for me, a beloved nation from amongst all the nations of the world. And Rashi is going to explain it by emphasizing why in the first postbook it says kasher diber loch, and here it says he only brings down the words kasher diber, it doesn't say kasher diber loch, and he brings also the words vilioscha am kadosh. So let's see what it is. As we, sh we said, based on what we said before, we're going to explain it like this. Rashi already explained 
what kasher diver lucha means much earlier in the Chumash. This is not the first time in the Torah that we have the expression that Hashem says to someone, uh, do this and this, or this and this will happen, kasher diver lucha, like I spoke to you. And the Pasuk the Rebbe quotes, the first time this appears in this context, in Rashi, from the Pasuk, is in Chumash Bereshis. In Parshas Vayetze, we all know Parshas Vayetze is that Yaakov has to flee from home. Vayetze Yaakov, he leaves Beersheba, he leaves his home, he lives the warm, beautiful atmosphere where he lived to go into the unknown. He's escaping from Esau, he's frightened, and he's tired, and he falls asleep, and he has a dream, very fascinating stories, and he awakens, he realizes he's in a holy place, and Hashem speaks to him, and Hashem says, oh, don't be afraid, and Hashem says to him the words, like I have spoken to you, I will fulfill all the things I have promised to Abraham that I have spoken to you. And Rashi says, what does that mean, I have spoken to you? Hashem promised Avram all the great things. Hashem didn't promise it to Yaakov. We don't find that. So what does it mean, I have spoken to you? And Rashi says, it's for your benefit to fulfill your needs. Valecha. For your good, that which I promised to Avraham and to his descendants, I have promised all of this to you. In other words, I promised Avraham greatness, great blessings, great accomplishments. That will happen in his lineage. But who was I referring to in that lineage? Because Yaakov was not the only one in that lineage, as we all well know. Like I said about you, regarding you, for your welfare, like I said to Avraham, that you will have all these blessings. And then Rashi continues and says over there, Every time in the Torah we have Kasher Diber, the way he spoke, speaking, to you, or li, to me, or lahem, to them, or low to him, etc. Whenever we have that kind of expression with the Lamed, by Dibur, it means not too directly, but regarding you, about you, for your welfare, for your good. Now we understand over here that when it says kasher diber lecha, it doesn't necessarily mean the way Hashem said to you, to Yid. Because in truth, Everything in the Torah was said to Yidin. So why is the Torah going to tell us that this thing was said to you, to Yidin? But it was said for your welfare, for your benefit. When he spoke about you, regarding you, he made a commitment to you. He made a promise to you. That's what the, the law would mean. And that's how the Pesach would here continue. Hashem her hayom, we said. That Moshe tells the Yidin that you have chosen Hashem, you have set Hashem aside to be for you a God. And in the Pesach where Rashi stops, and Hashem has distinguished you and set you aside to be for him a beloved nation, which means, here are the words of Rashi. Who hifrishcha elav, Hashem has separated you from all the other people to be his to be special for him. So kasher diber lecha is referring to a commitment, a promise Hashem had made to the Jewish people through Moshe Rabbeinu before the Torah was ever even given and Moshe was preparing us for that great event. And that's why Hash Rashi says in the first Rashi that we're discussing in our parsha kasher diber lecha, where did he speak about you in that kind of manner that you will be special and beloved and treasured by him? This was said in Parshas Yisra prior to Matan Torah. Rashi says only three words. Ve'yisem li segula. Kasher diber lecha. He brings from the Pesach. We'll just make sure this is clear. The way he spoke about you. What did Hashem say about you or for your benefit that you will be for him a beloved nation. In the second Pesach it says and you will be an Amkadosh, the way Hashem had spoken, but it doesn't say the word Lecha. Why not? Because Kasher Diber here is not something that we're talking, relating to something about Yidin, 
a commitment or a promise that will happen to Yidin, but on the most basic level, it needs to say that he said to you, that he commanded you, that he wants you to commit to. And this, of course, refers to a commitment on the part of Yidin that they will keep the mitzvahs. And that's why we see that the the Am Kadosh here is not the same as the Am Kadosh that appears earlier in Parshas Yisrael. There, in both instances, what do we learn over there? That you will be, you will be a beloved nation, and uh, you will. It's a promise of what will be with us. But the Am Kadosh was indicated that the Am Kadosh refers to the fact that we will have to be on our own, a nation of observers and keeping the mitzvahs. And that's why Rashi says that this means, kadosh is kasher diber in the words v'yisem li kedoshim. V'yisem li kedoshim, that is an outright command that Yidna should be holy. And therefore Rashi only quotes the words am kadosh. Not like it said earlier, because the fact that it's written with this change indicates that the fact that we are Kadosh is not necessarily the same as we are an Amsgula, but rather it is something that we arrive at from our own doings. Now, we're going to try to get to an explanation of all of this, but here the Rebbe asks another question. Uh, we already have a commandment to become Kadosh, before we have the commandment that Rashi brings here, the Yisem Li Kadoshim. And what, what do we have earlier? So if we go to the Chumash, we see that the very same Parsha that concludes with the words, the Yisem Li Kadoshim, the end of Parsha's Kadoshim in the 20th chapter of Chumash, Vayikra, is preceded by the injunction of Kadoshim to you a direct command, be holy or be separate or be distinct or whatever it means. And before that, we have it a few prokin parshios before that in the in Parshas Shemini, where it says, after it teaches us to stay away from the things we're not allowed to eat and make part of us, it says, make yourselves holy and you will be holy. So why does Rashi not quote those why does Rashi quote specifically the last time it's mentioned in Parshas Kedoshim, the Yisem Li Kedoshim, following a mention earlier in Parshas Kedoshim and a mention much earlier in Chumash Vayikra in Parshas Shmi. And therefore, when Rashi brings down the words, because everything Rashi says is clearly explaining not the general theme of the Pesach, but a very specific word or wording in the Pasuk, why does he say Am Kadosh? We already know we have to be Kadosh because here we're emphasizing not the fact that every Jew has to make a commitment to be holy, like when it says Kadoshim to you, or it says Kadoshim, which are mitzvos for every single individual Jew to do. Just like every Jew has to keep Shabbos and has to keep kosher and has to have a mezuzah or tulin or whatever the mitzvah is, it applies to every single individual, not to the nation as a whole. But here it says specifically, not you should be holy, like it says you should be a nation in Yisrael of noblemen and of a holy nation. But here it says, Am Kadosh, it's emphasizing the nationhood of the Jewish people. Like it says in the previous Pesach that we said, Hashem has set you aside from all the nations of the world. It's talking about a nation that's beloved. We're not talking about here a collection of individuals. We're talking about the very essence of the nation, which has a specific Kedusha, not the individual Kedusha that every year has, and that becomes aware of and becomes connected to in a more open way through the doing of mitzvot. And therefore, Rashi uses the words v'yisem li kedoshim from the end of Parshas Kedoshim, where there the command is not specifically 
for the individual, like kedoshim to you, be holy or viskadishtan, things that the individuals have to do, but it says that you will be for me, v'yisamli kedoshim, you will be for me a holy nation as I have distinguished you from all the other nations. And that's why we have it like this over here. So this is what it means uh, we're talking about an Avzgula, which is the same as in Precious Yisrael, which refers to the fact that we are beloved and treasured by Hashem. We're talking about Goy Kadosh, a holy nation. We're talking about the fact that we have to keep mitzvot, as it's referred to over there and is referred to over here. But here it's specifically referring to the fact that not so much, because this seems to be so similar, a beloved nation, a holy nation, but it's really referring to the fact that as a people, it's referring to Am Yisrael as a whole and how we get there by doing what we have to, as a whole, not as an individual. Now we have to understand this from a more inner perspective, to try to understand this in the light of Hasidism. If it's true, very nice, we say that Leos Cham Kodosh refers to the Kedusha regarding every individual based on the mitzvot that he does, not only because Hashem made us a holy nation, not like Leos Lolam's Gula. What does this Leos Cham Kodosh, by doing the mitzvot that we do, what does it have to do with what's written earlier in the very posuk that we quoted? where it says that we are going to be l'sitcha elyon, that we will be above. We're told that we will have to will be a holy nation, and Hashem will also make us, a beloved nation, He will also make us higher. What does that mean? How does the end of the Prophet refer to the beginning? So let's see. L'yoscha am kadosh seems to relate to l'shmar kol mitzvosav to observe the mitzvot, which we already learned in the previous posuk. There it talks about the qualities of Yidin that come about as a result of doing mitzvot. And L'sitcha Elyon is something different, not about doing mitzvot, because then Rashi would quote Kedoshim Tiyu or the other places where it speaks to the individual to do mitzvot. But it would seem to mean L'sitcha Elyon, L'yosolam Kadosh, that we will be like an Amsugur, like a beloved nation. So to understand this, we're going to look into the Haftorah of the Parsha of this week. It's well known that the Haftorah of a Parsha is always similar in essence to the Parsha that it's coming to follow. So if we look at this Haftorah, one of the Haftorahs of Nechama, of Consolation, it's the Haftorah that speaks at great length about the fulfillment of the prophecies of Asid Lavo, of the time of the future when Mashiach will come and the world will arrive at a perfect state. And there it says, amongst many things, there are many psukim there, we'll learn the ones, we'll quote the parts of the ones the Rebbe quotes in the Sicha, which means that the nations of the world will go along, will follow your light, and the kings will follow the light of your shine, your children will come from great distances, and your daughters will be nurtured like royalty, and similar of these of this nature, which shows how the beauty of the Jewish people will become revealed, and the nations of the world will appreciate it, and they will serve the Yidin and do everything for the benefit of Yidin, and it's, this part of the Torah concludes with the fact that those who will not appreciate this, they will get their due results, they will get their punishment. So now we have to understand, regarding the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach, the seven Noachite laws, which were given to all of mankind when the world was created, and the, all the people of the world were commanded by Hashem to keep them, so if they don't keep them, we could understand that they would be punished. We learned that if we don't keep mitzvahs, there is punishment. But we don't find, at least, on the surface, in an apparent way, that there is an obligation for the nations of the world to serve Yidin. And certainly not in such a way that if they don't do that, they will be hurt, destroyed. So how do we understand this? So the Rebbe tells us that it's a well-known thing that the whole creation 
including all the peoples of the world, were not really created just for their mere own existence, but they were created for a purpose, as a means to bring out the greatness of Hashem, to bring, and as Rashi says in the beginning of the Chumash, the very first Pasuk, Bereshis, Bara Elohim, Rashi says, Bereshis, Beis Reishis, the world was created for two elements or entities that are called Reishis. First, one is Reishis Narko, and one is Reishis Tvuoso. One refers to the Torah, which is first for Hashem, and one refers to the Jewish people who are first for Hashem, two firsts. And this is the goal, the ultimate goal of creation, and in the future when Mashiach will come, and the true existence of every creation, the innermost existence and purpose of every, every creation will be revealed, and every single creation will, it will be in a revealed way, and we will see how every creation has fulfilled everything it has to fulfill, to fulfill its own purpose to exist, and we will see the fulfillment of Bereshis Bishvil Yisroel. This is what we're talking here now about Yisroel. And therefore, this makes it necessary to say that the kingdom and the nations that will not appreciate this, that will not fulfill their shlichus, will be lost. And this is the inner meaning of which our Tosuk tells us, that Hashem will put you higher than everything and than everyone, as it says, that this is the purpose for their creation, to serve Hashem, serve the Israel who serve Hashem. And this is what it's meant when it's, this is what it means when it says, that this will become fulfilled. And this is really a taste of the revelations when this happens of what will happen when Mashiach comes. And now we can understand that the two psukim in our parsha are coming really to teach us the great uh, loftiness, the great advantage in the existence of a yid over all other creations. As it says, Hashem separated him, separated us, the yidin, from all other nations of the world, to be for him a beloved and a treasured nation that didn't distinguish themselves in that regard because they are the ultimate purpose of creation and they're not a necessarily only a means to achieve something greater. How do we understand this? So let's see. Let's go back to the words in our apostle. The apostle says, as Hashem uh, Hashem has set you aside or distinguished you today. What is the meaning of segula? Am segula. So in Parshas Yisro it says, What is am segula? Where Hashem says you will be for me a beloved nation. She says there, Otsar Chaviv, a beloved treasure, which is used as in connection with kings something very, very special, a very precious vessel, vavanim tovos, and very precious gems that kings gon zim, that kings hide, that kings conceal from sight from anyone. That's how you will be for me. And being that this is an analogy that's brought in Torah and from Torah, we have to understand that this analogy is very meticulous. It's not only something that seems like it, but really, that's what it is. So let's appreciate what is the value of a special treasure that a king keeps covered and hidden from everyone. What's the point of having it so hidden? So if we take these precious gems or these special things and we set them in the ring of the king or in the crown of the king, what do they do for the king? It's understandable that this is part of the glory and the beauty of the king. You can see the splendor of it. But when these things are put away somewhere, no eye ever sees it. They don't seem to accomplish anything. Nobody seems to derive benefit or pleasure from the inherent value of these treasures or from their inherent beauty. But when they are taken out from the hidden treasury, and when would they be taken out? They're usually not taken out at all. So when would such a thing be? 
So such a thing would be, as we learn in the Maimur of Tosi Lugani, that when there is a war and the king has to win the war and nothing is ever spared when it comes to such a situation because everything that exists is there for the purpose of winning the war. So the Lashon that's used, the expression that's used in the Maimur is, Mevazves calls gulos haosros. The king spends, the king is ready to waste, the king is ready to send out, to take out all the special beloved treasures of great value that have been gathered and collected over many years, from generation to generation, over many generations, and they have never ever been used for anything. And they are concealed and sealed from any eye that would ever come upon them. That's what the benefit of these is. And then it's not called using or taking, but it's called bizbuz. In other words, you may lose them, you may never get them back. But this is what the king needs in extraordinary, in extraordinary circumstances of that nature. Now to get back to Yidden and the Shlichus in the world, so now we could understand that the fact that these treasures remain completely hidden from any eye of anyone is because these very treasures affect and relate only to the king himself, to the very essence of the king when he is alone, when he is himself. So usually the treasures of the king, of the treasuries, are used to maintain the kingdom. They're used to spend for the welfare of the kingdom, the people in the kingdom, etc. The king has to look after his nation. Or they're there for the, to be in the king's crown, to add to the splendor of the king, what everybody could see. And this is a very wonderful and appropriate thing simply because we have a posseg in the Navi Yeshaya. We learn this fact, we know it from real life, but we see that the ideal way for the king to appear is The king has to be visualized or observed in his true glory, in his true beauty. But the hidden treasures of the king are not there to do anything for the kingdom. They are something that are connected with the king himself. The very fact that this person is a king is bound in with the fact that he has these hidden treasures of precious gems and pearls and all kinds of glorious things. And he himself can, whenever he wants to, derive great pleasure from these and enjoy them. And this, of course, exalts the king even more. And that's what it means when the Torah tells us that the Jewish people are an Am Segula. What's an Am Segula? An Am Segula means an Otsar Chaviv, a beloved treasure. What do we mean by a beloved treasure? The very existence of a Yid is higher even from that which Hashem reveals in the world. In other words, it's even higher than the fact that we reveal godliness when we do Torah, when we learn Torah and we do mitzvot. The very fact that the Yid exists, that's its greatest merit, his merit or her merit. Yidin are one thing, if we could say, with the very essence of Hashem. And Hashem likes to enjoy the Yidin. He likes to take pleasure in them, like the king that takes great pleasure in handling those things that are hidden from anybody's eyes. So what do we see here? That the essential difference between Yid and all other peoples is in the very essence of their creation. The existence of the nations of the world is not just that there should be these people, but they have a purpose that they have to fulfill. When it comes to Yid, the very essence of their creation is the very fact that they are there, that they exist, even without anything else, even before they fulfill their mission in the world. And this is going back to our original puzzle. Hashem Hashem has set you aside, Rashi says. He frees you a love, he frees a love, he separated you for him from all the nations. We are completely chosen to be Hashem's Amsagula, to be Hashem's hidden treasure that he can derive pleasure from. And now we could understand something else. 
We know also, this doesn't say in the Sikhir, but we learned it in many places, that whenever we read a Parsha, it has a connection to the time of the year in which we read it. And Parsha's Kisovo is always read pretty close to Rosh Hashanah. Usually there is the Parsha of Nitzavim before Rosh Hashanah, which usually comes together with the Parsha of Vayelech, and then we have Rosh Hashanah. And before that is Parsha's Kisovo. So there must also be an inner connection between the Parsha of Kisovo and the theme, the inner theme, inner meaning of Rosh Hashanah. What did we say? Again, we're going to go back to what we said. As Hashem Hamarta Hayom, the first post that we mentioned, you have distinguished Hashem to be your king, and Hashem has distinguished you to be his nation. What is Rosh Hashanah? We all learned that Rosh Hashanah refers to Hablachas HaMelech, the coronation of the king, as we learned in the words of the Chacham, and Hashem says, what do we do, Rosh Hashanah? Imru you must say before me, Malchios, you must speak those verses of kingship that says that Hashem is king. And in our Muslim service, we have, we recount those verses from the Tanakh, where Hashem is going to be our Melech, we are asking him to be our Melech, and he accepts to be our Melech, as it says in the next postdoc here, and Hashem has chosen you to be his nation, and this is how Rosh Hashanah is fulfilled. Hashem renews his kingship, his lordship, his mastery of the world, and it's a new world all over again, like it was when the world was first created. And there, interestingly, our sages teach us that before Hashem created the world, he actually was seeking counsel from the neshamos of the tzaddikim. And so we see over here that we exist even before there was a world. Obviously, the existence is above and beyond the world in the essential sense. What what does this kind of existence mean? So we learned that this is what Amsagula means in essence, an Otser Chaviv, a delightful, special, beloved treasure that is kept concealed from everything and everyone at all times. It expresses the emissimacy as the true entity, the true existence of the Yid, that we are in an ex- on a level that nobody can ever see. We are there for Hashem's pleasure. It's a completely deep spiritual thing that we are one with Hashem and therefore we resemble Him exactly and therefore we cannot say that there is another purpose. God does not exist for a purpose other than the fact that He exists. And this is the same about a Yid as we also know from the word of the Mizrit where it says, that even before the Jewish people were created, they were already engraved. Their form was already engraved in Hashem's machshava. They were already there in Hashem's thought, as our sages tell us in the Medrash, Yisrael Olubim machshava. We arose in Hashem's thought even before there was any contemplation for the creation of a world. And now we're going to get closer to the end of the Sicha and the practical lesson that this means for every single Yid, everywhere, every time, and in every kind of situation. So now we could understand the difference between the two Psukim. One Psuk says, Hashem set you aside to be for him a beloved nation. And then it says, L'sitcha Elyon, to make you higher and above everyone. So what's the difference between these two? Whether he set us aside to be a beloved treasured nation, or whether he made us Elyon, and the answer is that in the first pasuk, when it speaks about us, he set us aside, shows us that we are completely distinct and separate. And Otsar uh, Chaviv, we are uh, the special hidden treasure that is one with the king and they're only for his pleasure. And therefore, we get to the second point that in that capacity, what are we supposed to do in this world? So we have a mission, and the mission is Lishmar kol mitzvosav. We don't have some mitzvos that we must observe. We must observe every single one of the mitzvos, not only the mitzvos that the whole world was entrusted with, and not only 
part of mitzvot in terms of uh, quantity, but rather it's a matter of quality. We are fulfilling all the mitzvot in a way that Hashem wants us to, and because we were created for something that's even higher than the observance of mitzvot, there is, in addition to the special mission we have, there is the existence of the Yid for the purpose just of existing as a Yid. And the second Pasuk says, to be above, this shows the great lofty level of a Yid when we are not seen so closely, intimately bound up with the essence of Hashem, but we do come down into this world. And in this world, we're supposed to live a kind of life that we are Elyon al-Kol HaGoyim, meaning that we are the purpose of the creation and everything exists for us. And of course, our creation is that, how do we accomplish this? That the whole world should become aware of the existence of Hashem. This is through the mythos that we have to do and when the Pasuk says, that we should be the shame ultif eris for a great name, for, for praise, for a great name, for glory, for beauty, and that we should be an Am Kadosh because by Yidin living the way Yidin are supposed to live, we are actually creating a great name for Hashem, a great praise for Hashem, a great glory for Hashem, because we are doing what Hashem wants. And then we have a very interesting thing mentioned here, where we have a Rashi, when it talks about Yidin being holy and being Kadosh, making themselves Kadosh. It says, it's in the context, of course, of the things that Yidin have to stay away from. The world has many pleasures and many beautiful things that create creatures are supposed to derive pleasure from, but by a Yid, the partaking of these pleasures is much more limited than for any other human being. And when, for example, when it comes to food, the most is a very essential human need. So Yidin are restricted in what they may eat. This is what the laws of Kashrus are all about. And then we learn, Rashi brings the words, how do we know that a person should not say, I am disgusted by the meat of a chazer, by pork, by the meat of the pig? How could I eat it? I wouldn't want to eat it. A person should never say that. A person should be realistic and say, doesn't know it's not good. Maybe it's very good. The whole world eats it. He should say, Efshi, I would like to eat it. However, what can I do? My Father in Heaven has decreed upon me that I am not allowed to eat it. As it says, I separated you from the nations to be for me, meaning that your separation from the other people is me for the sake of my name. If you stay away for the sake of my name and you separate it from the things I don't want you to do and you carry always, you accept always the yoke of heaven, so a yid has, in a sense, the same opportunities as the, as the non-yid, the same pleasures of the world, and nonetheless, he accepts the yoke of Hashem, of his father in heaven, of her father in heaven, and doesn't do the things he's not supposed to. And this leads us to the practical lesson from this whole long, deep discussion of what it means in our parsha that Hashem says he makes us a beloved nation the way he said to us, about us, and that we are also a nation, a holy nation, the way Hashem said that we must as a nation, fulfill what he wants us to fulfill. So now we're going to speak about what the Rebbe calls Eheram a very special practical lesson. And I'm using the Rebbe's words here, in Goydel Hazehirus, in the great care we must take, and Zrizos, and the alacrity, the diligence, with which we must fulfill the mitzvah of loving a fellow Jew, and how far we have to dedicate ourselves to work with another Yid because the very quality of being part of this beloved treasured nation exists within every single Yid. No matter how another Yid may appear outwardly with his revealed abilities, capacities, and qualities, no matter what meets the eye, in essence, the Yid is completely separate from everybody else because every Yid is, and the Rebbe uses 
psukim that come towards the end of the Haftorah, that every Yid is Neitzer Mata'ai, Masa Yodai Lehispa'er. Every child is now familiar this, with, it, with these words from the 12 psukim and teachings of the sages that ever wanted every single child to memorize, and we are familiar with these words. We say them before we say Pirkei Avos, in the weeks that we say Pirkei Avos, like we're still saying now, this time of the year, it says every year this Neitzer Mata'ai, Hashem says, a branch of my planting, Masei Yodai, the workmanship of my hands, Lehispa'er, in which I take pride, in which I find glory, and this is what's written at the end of our Haftorah. And therefore, every Yid is an eternal entity, as it says also in a Pesach, uh, not in a Pesach, in, in the Gemara, the Chachamim tell us, called Yisrael Yeshlam Chelek L'Olam Haba, it's a Mishnah, that uh, every single Yid has a portion in the future world, and every single Yid has the existence of something that arose in Hashem's primordial, in Hashem's primordial machshava, and his very essence is not like the rest of the creation, which was done because Hashem spoke and the world and the world became. Hashem wanted to reveal a part of himself. We know that speech. We don't need speech for ourselves. We don't talk to ourselves. Our, regarding ourselves, we think. And it's deep inside of us, and nobody knows what we're thinking, but when we want to express something from within ourselves outwardly, then we speak. But we arose before the Dibur. We arose in the essential machshav and the essential, in the essential thought of the Ebeshter. And here we also connect this to Chai Elul. In the week that this Sikha was said originally, Chai Elul fell, the 18th of Elul fell in the same week as Parshas Kisavo. In our case, this year it falls the week after, but still close enough. We know, by the way, that Shabbos blesses also the week that follows, not only the week that precedes it. So, uh, this is not mentioned in the Sikha, but I thought it makes us appreciate this a little bit. So, especially when the day of Chai Elul falls close to Parshas Kisovo, what is Chai Elul? So we all know that Chai Elul marks the birthday of what we call in the names of Arabeim, Shnei Ma'oros Hagdolim, the two great luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, who brought Chassidus to us, General Chassidus and then Chassidus Chabad. And we all know that from the most foundational principles, most basic principles of Chassidus, of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, is the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael, love of a fellow Yid. So now, in this time that we're in, it has an a separate or more distinctive ability to give us more strength to fulfill the mitzvah of Yisrael, to affect every yid for the good, to reveal inside every yid the fact that Hashem Hashem has distinguished us by making us a special beloved treasure nation, and Hashem should help that this should become revealed in every single yid, and we should help every single yid to do this by observing all the mitzvahs Practically, and when we observe the mitzvahs practically, we bring this out in an open way that we are Elyon and Hashem made us for that purpose, that we are Am Kadosh La Hashem Elokecha. We are above and beyond and completely distinct from things that have nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, including our Yetzir Hora, which is called Hagoy Asher Bekirbacha, that which is not of Jewish nature that dwells within us and prides to get us to do the wrong thing, we should overpower that. And we get to the very end of the Sikha, so we'll read the Rebbe's words, that through this we accomplish with an even greater strength the concept of Rosh Hashanah, Tamlichuni Aleichem, we coronate Hashem as the way He wants us to, as our King, and it, the whole world becomes aware of the fact, Hashem Elokei Yisrael Melech, these are words we say, Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, the God of the Jewish people, is the King, and all the nations of the world see that this is so. They see the Amsagula, the beloved treasured capacity of Yidin. And from them, we come to the fulfillment of the end prophecy in our Haftorah this week, Parshas Kisavo, from the words of Anavi Yeshaya, which concludes with the world words, Ani Hashem, Hashem says, I am Hashem, Be'ita Achishenu. 
all these things will happen in the right time that's set aside for it. We know that Hashem created the world with the thought of Mashiach coming by a certain point, but then the Pasuk adds the word Achishena. Achishena means I can speed it up. If we act the way we're supposed to, if we appreciate the value of every single yid, if we appreciate it, appreciate that we are all one and reach out to each other to help spread the light of Hashem and the light of Torah and mitzvot and their fulfillment in the entire world, we will merit to see Mashiach ben Heira b'yameinu mamish. May we merit to experience this before Chai Elul yet, before and even and before Rosh Hashanah and celebrate Rosh Hashanah together with Mashiach in Yerushalayim in the Beis Hamikdash. Aksim b'chsimat to everyone. Thank you very much.